You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. We're going to continue to dive on into our series here on the cast of Christmas, and today we're focusing on the Magi. As I was watching the video, I was like, whoops. Everybody turn to Luke and find where it talks about the Magi in the book of Luke. False! It's not going to do that. Uh, it's only uh, in Matthew is the only account we have of the Magi. So I was watching the video. I was like, we're talking about, wait, what's going on? Um, anyway, uh, so it's interesting as you think about uh, traditions and things that we know or things that we think we know uh, about uh, the Magi or the, or the kings. One of my favorite stories around Christmas time that I always would try and hear from my mom or my aunt my mom and my aunt uh, met uh, in school. They became best friends and they married uh, brothers. And so, but they, my mom had a rough upbringing. And so she spent a lot of time at my aunt's house and they happened to be Christians. And so my mom would get plugged into the church and do things. And they tell this story and they'll almost laugh into tears every time they tell this story to me. I always ask them about it. And I called my aunt this week to try and get more details on this story. But so they got uh, the opportunity to be in a Christmas carol play. And uh, the person there said, hey, we want you guys to sing uh, We Three Kings. And they looked at each other and they were like, well, there's, there's just two of us. And she's like, doesn't matter. Get up there and sing We Three Kings. You're going to do it. And you're going to be like, We Three Kings of Orinar. And they kind of got asked to leave the uh, performance because they couldn't get through the performance without looking at each other, the two of them singing We Three Kings. And so when you think about Christmas traditions and songs and things that we do, you know, and we kind of mix those in and kind of separating some of those things from what the text actually says and where do we get these things. You know, I was researching things this week, just different things. We didn't even start doing like Christmas trees until the 1800s-ish. And so for all of us, we're like, hey, do you have a fake tree or a real tree? And like, obviously, like the Christmas tree is a, is a, is a tradition. And you start thinking about uh, the songs that we sing or like, yes. And then your nativity set that was set up there. And then you bring in the shepherds. And then you bring in, the, you have the wise men somewhere. And you're like, well, you put it all together. And it's baby Jesus in his cute little manger with the hay. And it looks great, right? Not to wreck your nativity sets. But separating and understanding the text a little bit from tradition. And tradition is not bad. Tradition is not bad. It's just sometimes it's not accurate. And maybe it's not always meant to be accurate. It's meant to be fun or something to that effect. But as we uh, come to the text, it'd be fun to, to understand where do these magi fit in? What do they do? What is, it, what is a magi? How does this function? Uh, the idea that there is three wise men or three kings um, and they were there at Jesus' birth is just not accurate. They were not kings. That story didn't come about until about the 14th century of them being kings. They were magi or magoi. And uh, we're going to learn that they weren't there right when Jesus was born because they saw the star and they had a little journey to move on to. And so uh, Jesus was likely one and a half to two years old by the time they got there. Um, and that there was not three men, three magi, there were three gifts. And so we always have the picture of the three, each person bringing their own tiny little gift because that's how you would honor the king of kings is just a tiny little box of frankincense and myrrh and gold. But that's not what the text shows us about how other kings were honored before. And so who were they? Who are these magi or magoi? Well, I want you to think of a magi. Think of it in this term. So a magi would be like a, an advisor or a diplomat. They are viewed as wise, which is why we would call them wise men, right? Uh, astrologer, kind of like the, 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 the scientist of their time, highly respected dream interpreters. If you could combine like 
the religious awareness of the Pope, the wealthiest politician that we know, which that'd be hard to pick because there's lots of them, right? And a scientist, that's what you should be thinking about when you think of magi. And so uh, where did these magi come from? They came from the east, the text says. And this would be like the Parthian Empire. And that's an interesting detail to to understand because it's the eastern frontier of the Roman Empire. And the Parthians and the Romans were not BFFs. They were uh, clashing and one's trying to expand into each other's territories. And so they would have... Uh, traveled from this long distance, and this when they would see this star that they had heard about, and we'll get more into that, and they would have seen that, they wouldn't just be like, okay, come on, buddy, let's go with the three of us, let's get on our camels. This would have been a big ordeal. They wouldn't have traveled alone. Let's take a look at where they might have traveled from. So they says it came from the east. There's kind of conjecture that maybe it was from like the southeast, because that's where these spices come from, but the text would really uh, point to, the scholars would really land that they did come from the east. And so they're coming from modern-day Iraq and Iran, kind of in that area, and they're making this 900 to 1,000-mile possible journey to Bethlehem to follow this star to be there for the birth announcement of this new king. Now, I don't know about you guys, but let's say that we all pulled all of our frankincense that we have together and we all pulled all of our myrrh that we had together and we had pulled all of our gold, all of our gold together and we saw this star and there was three of us that were wise, even though that's not really the story. And we decided that we were going to need to get this gold, frankincense and myrrh, all of our valuables to this location that's a thousand miles away that would have robbers and bandits. And let's just say that we were all going to go to San Francisco because that's like a thousand miles away. You're like, why'd you pick that one? Because it's like a thousand miles away. But we weren't going to fly there. We weren't going to drive there. We're going to walk. And there's not going to be a bunch of 7-Elevens on the way that we could stop and get some food at, or Costco's. We're going to pack our stuff. And we're going to hopefully not get robbed by other people. And we're going to go there because there's something really, really, really special that happened. And so now all of us got to get our stuff together. Hey, did anybody remember, uh, you know, uh, the the kid over here? Do we have everything? We got to all get ready to go. Oh, we should have a small army with us to protect what we're bringing as well. Does that jive with the Christmas story that you're used to hearing about the Magi? That they see this star and then they're going to take this time to get to this place. And so that kind of sets the stage of what we're thinking about in the Magi. Now, if you're brand new to church, you're like, Magi, what are you talking about? So today, today is the story of Christmas, and we're talking about these casts and these characters of Christmas and these people that are in this thing called the Bible, and they're in this book. Specifically, Matthew is the only place that it mentions Magi. So we're going to dive into the text. We're going to uh, see what we can discern from God's word here as we uh, uh, look forward to this announcement that's happening. So join with me in Matthew 2. Verses 1 through 12, the Magi visit the Messiah. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod. Time out. Important detail. Matthew puts it in. They put it in. Why do we care that it's during the time of King Herod? Well, Herod is all over the place. He, the reason why it would be interesting for him that these Magi were coming for the East is because he kind of fought a little bit against the East and almost died and had to run up to Rome. And then he got kind of pronounced as the king over, the ruler over the king of the Jews. And so he's not Jewish, but he's the king of the Jews. Well, he's 
overseeing the Jewish folks in Israel there, and he's kind of dealing with this. Herod is crazy. Herod is crazy, crazy, crazy. You think we got crazy leaders? This is crazy, crazy. Like crazy time, like so maniacal, killed his favorite wife. What if he were his least favorite wife? Killed three of his sons because he thought they were going to overtake his, his kingdom. Always super, like he had, it's, it's reports that he had up to 2,000 bodyguards and they wouldn't be from his own country because they wanted to kill him, so they had to be foreigners. And so he's like, okay, great, king of the Jews, right? And so Herod uh, is, is, is there, he's brilliant and crazy. He became the king of Judea about 37 B.C., so these magi from the, uh, the east came to Jerusalem, which caused a ruckus because they're coming not like three little guys, like, like they're bringing a lot of stuff. Like you don't know if you're going to get invaded. You don't know what's going on. Like, and we've had problems with those people before. And so um, they come there and they say, hey, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? Where's your replacement <laughs> to the crazy guy? We saw the star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Quick little journey. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. Well, why would he be disturbed? Well, obviously, he's, he's pretty insecure. And why would all of Jerusalem be uh, disturbed? Well, because this is a big group coming here. What's going on? Like, are we getting invaded? Uh, or are we about to be excited because Herod's going to be gone? Like, there's a lot going on here. And he says, hey, uh, when he heard this, he was disturbed. And when he had called together all the, uh, the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, uh, he, he asked them, you know, where is this Messiah to be born? Because Jer- uh, Herod doesn't know the text, right? So the Magi are coming uh, and they want to uh, worship him, the new king. And so he does what every good king's are. He looks to his religious uh, educator, edic- educators and is like, hey, uh, what's the story on this? Where's, where's he coming from? In Bethlehem of Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. So they, these guys knew their text. And this is Micah 5 2. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So then Herod called, uh, the, he, call, he called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared because he was pretty excited about this. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for this child. And uh, when you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship my replacement. So I too can go and worship him. And this is how you know that he's a liar, liar, pants on fire. And this is how you know that these men were wise because they're like, bro, be right back. After they had heard uh, the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. This powerful, powerful people, the Magi, maybe not believers, they come from a different religious system. They are overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down 
and they worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country via another route. The story is about anticipation. What would cause you to walk 900 to 1,000 miles to worship something? To plan to take two months out of your life, away from your job, away from your things that are going on in your life, to take a risk of, of dying as you travel? What would cause you to do that today? What are you in great anticipation for when we think about the kings? What would cause these men to do that? It's the biggest birth announcement ever. You guys are going to hear enough about me and my grandchild when it comes on February 16th, River Wesley Soul. I already know his name. Already waiting, already talking to him by the baby belly. Like, I'm so excited. And it's like, woo, that's the first grandchild. And all excited. I'm super excited about my son coming home from Qatar. I can't wait to give him a hug. It's been almost a year since I've held my son. And I probably wouldn't let me hold him. He's a big man now. But you know what I mean? Give him that manly hug. I'll cry like a baby when I get to see him because I miss him. I have things in my life that I'm anticipating, and so do you. Like the squishy park. Can you just imagine the moms and dads around this multi-story squishy park and being able to have conversations and look at each other, and it's like the place that you'd want to go if you have kids or grandkids in the wintertime because it's the only place that's really cool like that that would have that where you could have some sanity, and you go buy La Petite, and you get your coffee, and you come in there with your coffee. you got your kids or your grandkids, and they're playing. They're getting tired. They're going to go home and go to bed. There's things that we're anticipating, but there is nothing like this anticipation. The world, as they knew it, was anticipating this king. And they weren't hoping for just any king, but they were hoping for the king of kings. One of the quotes from Dr. Greg uh, Chester says, Magi often wandered from court to court, and it was not unusual for them to cover great distances in order to attend the birth or the crowning of a king paying their respects and offering gifts. It's not surprising, therefore, that Matthew would mention them as validation of Jesus' kingship or that Herod would regard their arrival as a very serious matter. The Magi coming to town was a big deal because it meant something significant had happened. And that was never more accurate than this occasion. See, this king... Like it says in Philippians 2, this is a special kind of king. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. And that at that name of Jesus, every knee would bow in heaven and on earth. And every tongue would acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. See, this is the birth announcement of birth announcements. 
We're still talking about this birth announcement. We're all preparing for this birth announcement 2,000 plus years later. Schools make their calendars around it. Call it Christmas break. Maybe winter break now or winter solstice or as soon as we keep moving into that direction. But it's Christmas break. It's Christ's Mass started 1038 AD. They started that phrase of Christmas. It's the validation of the King of Kings. They came because the birth of the King of Kings is God's birth announcement that everybody's anticipating. And it means something to them 2,000 years ago, and it means something to us now. Or does it? They give these gifts to the king. We see this in 1 Kings, verse 10, chapter 10. And this is the Queen of Sheba, and she was seeing Solomon. And she comes, and she's pretty amazed at Solomon. And she gave the king 120 talents, or basically, you know, four tons of gold. Large quantities of spices and precious stones. Never again were there so many spices brought in as in those uh, the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. This is an announcement. There's gifts coming. This person's important. So what is the significance of the Magi? These people from the east. We have the shepherds, the lowly folks that are that are that it's revealed to, and now we have these high, powerful pope, uh, you know, uh, politician, uh, scientist folks that are, get to acknowledge this. So we go from the shepherds to the scientists of their time. God just wants to make sure that you know that you're in that that realm. You fall between the shepherd and the high magi. That he came for each and every one of you sitting here today. They brought the gifts. The gifts had meaning uh, gold as a symbol of kingship on earth. Frankincense and incense, a symbol of deity. And myrrh and anointing oil to anoint the high priest, to anoint the king of kings. Is there anything we're missing in our Christmas? Are we lost in the gifts? What would you walk 900 to 1,000 miles for? How much preparation have you put in for Christmas? I see some faces here of kids that have come home and moms that are excited and happy. We do all this just to witness and worship People outside of the community knew what was going on. The world was waiting for a new kingdom, and they still are. They're waiting to be introduced to the king of kings just like they were then. You have friends and family members who are waiting to be introduced to the king of kings. They know the traditions. They know the idea about this, but do they see Jesus with inside of us? And what gifts are you and I going to bring to lay at Jesus' feet this season? Because he wants a gift. And the great news is the gift has already been created. You are the gift. You are the messenger. You are the gift to the king of kings out there that he has wonderfully and masterfully created for his purpose and for his plan. Now, how are you stewarding this gift? How are you stewarding the, the gift that God has given the world, which is hard to believe that it's you and me? What are you doing with this gift? 
with your soul, with your time, with your treasure, with your talent? How are you moving God's kingdom closer to fruition? Because he's picked you. So here's what I'm going to try and bring to Jesus, to his birth this year as, a, as Josh Gray, the husband, as Josh Gray, the pastor, as Josh Gray, the dad, and all my, and Josh Gray, the son, all of the other titles that I hold. I want to bring the gift of patience. I think that would be a great gift to bring to my family. I think that'd be a great gift to bring to those around me. I want to bring the gift of joy. How many people have lots of joy during the holiday season? You're not stressed. You're not worried about if this gift's going to come from Amazon or if it could fit in your mailbox or what's going on or how we're doing all these things and let's got to organize all these things. It's all got to happen. Like the busy Christmas isn't overrunning you, is it? It's not about the task, is it? Put time over task. Put the gift that God has given, which is you, on display to the rest of the world. I'm going to bring a smile. I don't want to get caught up and I could be the Grinch sometimes. I'm like, this is so commercialized. This is so not Jesus-y. They've got us. They're taking our money. Look at that. It's ridiculous. We pay $54 for a pair of jeans. With holes in it. <laughs> not even fixed right. Like, do, do you understand like the, the gift that the world needs is the healthiest version of you possible. The gift that the world needs is people that are pursuing Jesus Christ with all of their heart, soul, mind, and spirit. How many, like, how many of us remember the gift you got 12 years ago? Like, nope, nope, I don't think so. But how many of us get the opportunity to share with other people what God is doing in our lives. So what does it look like? How is he changing you? How is he transforming you? I guess when I think about the Magi, they were people of great power, but also people of great hope. And during this Christmas season, God's people, his gift to the world should be people of great hope. And I hope that's what we choose to be. I hope that's what we personally choose to focus, change the focus just a little bit and sit in the, with the hope of the world. Sit with joy. Sit with peace. Sit with the King of Kings. Amen? The Magi are awesome. They came for the greatest birth announcement. We're still talking about the greatest birth announcement. It's still here. We can still announce it. We can still go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. So? So? What does it mean to me? Trying to drive fast, take shortcuts, and get what's mine. You don't want what's yours. You want what's his. You want his plan, his purpose for your life. Go tell it on the mountain in real life. Go invite people. You know, our students exit during this time of the year, which is why we have different seats that may be missing here because we have 70 to 100 students that are, went back home. So we have space for people to come. 
Most people don't come to church because they haven't been invited. Go tell on the mountain. It's an easy service to come to. It's 15 minutes of teaching and like 35 minutes of music and glow sticks. Like it's an easy one to invite people to where they come through the doors and they're like, yeah, cool. That was great service. Like that was awesome. Dude, you should come back next week. Or build a relationship. Just open an invite. Go tell it on the mountain. Amen. Be like the Magi. Plan for it. Who are you going to invite and introduce to this birth announcement? Is that too much pressure? What if they're like, I don't care. Okay. That's not your problem. Your part is to go tell it on the mountain. And so I encourage you to do that. Let's take this time to come to the table and remember why we do what we do. Remember why we're here with our time of communion. If you're new with us and you know who Jesus Christ is, please grab one of these, have one, raise your hand and our guys will get it. Randy or Ron, our faithful stewards, our faithful uh, deliverers of God's uh, communion. Raise your hand and we'll get that to you. We have gluten-free option as well. But we want to center, we want to come back every week about why we're here. What are we doing? What makes us different? We serve the king of kings. We come to the table to serve the king of kings. The Magi, they walked a thousand miles to see the king of kings. Jesus came right to us and gave everything of himself to us. And you are his treasured possession. You are his gift. Go be his gift. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and and when he had given thanks, he broke and said, this is my body and this is for you. Already giving us a gift. He's already giving us a gift that we're still receiving today. He said, this is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your body. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink of it, do it in remembrance of me. Remember the gift that he has given us, which is himself. Lord, I just thank you for this time here. It's fun to learn about Magi and who they were and why they would come. And that your invitation is open. It's open for everyone. It's open for the most educated in here. It's open for the least educated in here. It's open for the the highest of high positions in the world, and it's open for the lowest of low positions in the world, that we all get to come to you and bow down. We get to come and worship the King of Kings, the one who's set the record straight, that's moving the world towards goodness and hope and love. So we thank you for the gift that you gave us, the King of Kings, that he came upon this earth we're still discussing his birth announcement. We're still as excited about, as ever about it, but maybe for the wrong reasons. And we would recognize that we are, we are the gifts. We sit at the feet of royalty. We have a good story to tell. We have a great announcement to share. Lord, let us share it well. We say this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com. 
and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.